Hi guys, welcome to Self-Care Sundays. This is Han and I'm joined by the beautiful Naz. Hello, hello. Thank you for being here, Hannah. How are you doing? The hell? Why are you thanking me? What's going on? <laughs> Thank you for gracing me with your with your presence. <laughs> so you want to be nice now, huh? On, well, yeah, because apparently I'm not being record- nice lately. Yeah, so. while we're recording, yeah? <laughs> Don't call me out. Uh, how are you? How's lockdown? Same old shit. How are you doing? You're having to homeschool now, yeah? Yeah, look, homeschooling's not bad. Like, I hated it last year. I was going crazy. But now I'm just, like, excited because I get to see what he's doing at school. Like, he brings his books home and I'm just like, ah, oh, so this is what you're up to, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but we had a Zoom session the other day. Like, he had a Zoom session. I was just, like, standing there. And he was show and tell. Mm. And then he wanted to take his sister for show and tell. So he wanted to show his classmates. His six year? His six year. Yeah, okay. So he wanted to like show his sister off for show and tell. And you know, like she was, she put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, I wish I could have seen that. Did you record it? No, no, I didn't record it. But then what happened was, you know, like after he showed his sister, it was like question time. So kids get to ask him questions about his sister. And then a girl puts up her hand and she's just like, I want it. Where did you buy it from? (laughs) She's referring to. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, kids are so funny. I was like, so funny. I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't know what to say to her. And then like, didn't know what to say. He was looking at me. And then the teacher was just like, oh, you know, it was a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then she was like, she looked disappointed, but she was like, okay. And then when we got off the the show and tell, like when the Zoom ended, he's like, did you hear that? He's like, was she serious? She doesn't know. I'm like, yeah, she doesn't know. Oh, poor girl. She probably just wants a sibling <laughs> to play with. She may, Maybe she thinks it's like a pet. <laughs> I don't know what she thought, but like, yeah, kids are so funny. Oh, my God. So I had an embarrassing Zoom moment at work. Oh, my God, tell me. I love embarrassing moments. I think everyone's had a few of these during lockdown. So I was in a meeting with the IT department. Yeah. And they were going to give me training on how to use this new system that they've developed and stuff. And it's quite complicated. So I'm on the Zoom call. It's me and, like, four IT guys. And they're like, okay, so we need you to share your screen because we want you to do it yourself while we're taking you through the steps. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, fine. So in Zoom or even Microsoft Teams, when you share your screen, everyone else in the meeting can see the same thing that you're seeing on your screen. So they asked me, open up your your internet browser. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I open up my browser. Guess what the last thing was that I was searching on Google? (laughs) No. What were you searching? (laughs) I was literally looking up before and after shots of people on various diets and I was on the, the image section of Google and all you could see is like all these women in bikinis, like before and after, so basically fat to like skinny. Oh, my God. It was so awkward. I was like quickly like, you know, trying to close it. I'm like, sorry, 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 I'm going to open a new page. And it was just their faces just went like white in silence. And they were all men too, which made it even more embarrassing. Oh, God. Oh, and they were nerdy. You know how IT guys are. I'm like oh, I can never show my face to you again. <laughs> Luckily, it's not someone I work with all the time. So. <laughs> and it could have been worse. 
<laughs> oh my god I would have just like turned off my camera after that I'm like, I can't oh, I did I did turn off my camera I'm like I can't do this <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious what are we talking about today Okay, so last week for our self-care Sundays, I made you guys watch Blue Therapy. <laughs> yes, yes. How did you find it? It's a bloody toxic show, yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, so people who don't who don't know what we're talking about, Blue Therapy is a new UK YouTube series. I think there's about six episodes. We've only watched the first five episodes. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's like where couples go to therapy together and they're all black couples to discuss their issues about like issues in their relationship one of the couples is in the pre-marital phase so they've been together for quite a number of years how, how long have they been together Trema and Paul? I think they've been together for three years okay yeah but at, yeah. in the beginning she was saying that you know that she was doing this as a, a step before they ended up getting married or something yeah, yeah. um so yeah so the couples are Trema and Paul and Deborah and, Ch- and Jamal so yep. it's two couples and yeah like I think it's I mean it was we watched all the five episodes in one go because it was just so addictive and toxic <laughs> it is so toxic but I highly highly recommend it what did you think of it just want to put a disclaimer out there because I know like a lot of people and stuff are like oh it's scripted so we're not really sure if it's scripted or not and there are like some rumors out there saying that like it's just acting it's not real but for me, I mean, that's beside the point. I, I found it really interesting because they really kind of address issues that people have gone through or are going through in relationships, issues that you've seen, I think, or we've all seen or we've all experienced. So it was really interesting to see how they were kind of working through it. Yeah, but that's why I don't think it's scripted. Their issues are way too real and the way that their body language, the way they're reacting to each other. These are couples that have known each other. I feel like anyway, that's my personal opinion. I was trying to suss it out and I was reading articles and someone interviewed the, the creator or the producer Yeah, and he essentially said that the couples are real, so the couples are dating in real life, but the therapist is an actor. Yeah, yeah. So my friend, he told me that he Googled the therapist and then like there were like her credentials was based, she was like an actress. Yeah. Yeah, and he also said that he made the series to highlight how difficult black love is, which I don't really feel like is right because once you actually watch the show, you realise this is not, it's not about black love. It's just about toxic relationships and people who feel stuck in their relationships and can't work through their issues and need help. Like that's a universal thing. It's has nothing to do with black love. No, I, don't I, feel like anyway. I don't think it's black love per se. Maybe there's certain issues there that like maybe black couples face alone but I think this is issues that every single couple has faced or is facing or will potentially face I found it really like it was really triggering for me actually (laughs) Um, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I remember that I had to calm you down a few times (laughs) I think think what was triggering for me more was kind of just the reaction of the partners like the male partners and you see like this female kind of pouring her heart out or having issues and just being gaslit, you know, it's crazy. For this episode, what we wanted to do was play uh, clips for you from the first five episodes. Um, and these clips are clips that we found particularly triggering or, or interesting. <laughs> so we're going to play the, cl- uh, the clip for you and, and discuss it. Yeah. Okay. So the first couple that we're going to tackle is Toma and Paul. 
And so basically the clip that we're going to play kind of highlights that Choma feels like she's the only one who wants intimacy. Got together, was it very different? When we first got together, we used to fuck like animals. Do you understand? We had things to do. We were still busy. You and I, we had jobs. We had businesses. We were busy, but we made time to have sex. Now, I don't understand what it is. I don't, know if, I don't know if Paul is cheating. I don't know if he's not being attractive. Okay, well, we're asking, when was the last time we had sex? Scientifically, yes, we are animals, but we're not in a bloody forest, are we? Do you understand? Like, I'm not just going to come home, start jumping up and down like a rabbit. Like, who's got time for that? I'm busy. I'm making money. Like, I'm not just there laying around with my legs open, ready to do a madness. It's not like that. Did he just say, we're not in a forest? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. First of all, why is he talking over her? He doesn't even let her make her point and finish what she's trying to say. And they are in therapy. So you can imagine how they actually argue and address issues behind closed doors. No, 100%. I could just kind of sense like what he was doing, it's out of control. He's trying to control her. He's an insecure man and all this like barking that he's doing is because He's extremely insecure. I don't think he feels competent enough. I don't think he feels man enough. And he has to do it. He has to do things to put her down to make himself feel better. I'm not going to diagnose him. I'm not a therapist. But I really believe he's a narcissist. And what some narcissists do is they withhold intimacy from their partners or any requests from the. Like if you actually watch the episode, you can see that she constantly asks him to get intimate, makes plans with him, you know, buys lingerie, does everything. He They'll have like a date day booked. And then when the day comes, he'll just like go to sleep. And mm. what he also does is... Wait, 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 wait. Just, just while you're on that topic, because yeah. there might be some people who haven't actually watched the episode. Yeah. So she describes that, that situation where, you know, they've actually scheduled... And that, that's something that he said is mandatory. He said, we need to put it in our diaries when we're going to have sex, which is fucked up. But she she obliges, right? She, she I mean, sorry, she listens to him, you know, and she, and she respects that. So she schedules it. And even when it's scheduled, he ends up going to sleep and he's basically like, I'm too tired. I can't be fucked. Yeah, yeah. And what, like, narcissists do is they, with draw or withhold intimacy from their partner and when their partner like requests or asks them for it they'll like basically respond with like rants um saying that you know they're not good enough or they just make a bunch of excuses and then you can see in the episode he makes tons of excuses of why he doesn't want to be intimate with her but in my personal opinion it's the fact that this is something that she really wants from him and Mm. He doesn't give it to her. He feels powerful and it makes her feel weak. So she'll start questioning her self-worth. Am I ugly? Yes. Is he cheating? Why doesn't he, look, he used to want me, he used to touch me. Why isn't he touching me anymore? Is there someone else in the picture? Am I not beautiful enough for him? You know, it makes her self-worth drop and it gives him, that I think to him is more satisfying than actually sleeping with her, which is messed up. Yeah, the thing that gets me, like, I think all of that is is very true and he needs to get some help for that. But it's just the way that he's so dismissive. So if we just focus on this clip that we just played, she's trying to express something to him. And he's just like, well, I'm not a rabbit. Like, I'm not going to come back home every day and just open my legs. It's like 
she's probably finding an issue with their, the fact that they're not having sex anymore because for her it's probably about intimacy. It's about bonding with your partner. It's about feeling secure in your relationship. But he's not understanding that. He's not giving her the space to even express that. He's just like, whatever. Like, I don't care. I'm right all the time. You know, like you're ridiculous. Classic gaslighting, which is actually, you know, a symptom of narcissists. Narcissism. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, it's just it makes him have the power. It makes him the upper hand that she wants something from him or she needs something from him. So she's, like, got her own job. Like, okay, she's, like, a social media influencer or whatever. Like, she she has her own. So he does financially bring to the table or provide for her, but he wants to feel like he's in control. And while he's in control, he wants to be putting her down at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I could do it being a, a, a relationship or being a marriage with someone and they just don't want to touch me. They don't they don't want me. Like you you feel really insecure by that. Anyone yeah, you, would. Yeah, you feel like you're not good enough and you question yourself, you question them. Another thing that really triggered me and got me was when she was like, I know he can be good. Like I know he can be great because he was really good once upon a time. Like, you know, there was a time like mm-hmm. we were like doing things or we were hanging out and, you know, like I know. So she's like, I'm fighting to bring that man back. And that really hurt me because I'm like, sis, that man is dead. He's not coming back. <laughs> He's dead. And that's the problem with a lot of people is they're holding on to the person's, who the person was. Mm. And they think that that person can return. But it's like once a person changes, and one thing that Paul has, he doesn't have any empathy for her. And once no, not at all. Have, yeah, once a partner stops having empathy for you, I don't think they're ever going to change. I don't think there's hope of them ever getting better. No, no. And plus the person <laughs> that he was at the start with men like Paul, it's all an act. You know, they're putting on an act. They're presenting the best version of themselves. It's not even a version of themselves. It's all fake, actually, you know? And this is a classic, the thing that we always talk about is is love bombing with people like this. You know, they'll shower you with gifts. They'll spend so much time with you. They'll be overly affectionate. But once you're in their trap, it's like, why do I need to bother doing all of that? She's already mine. Then they they relax and they end up being their shitty selves. So you you can't hold on to the person that you think your partner was at the start. Because they no. probably weren't even that person then. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's what a lot of people do. And that's a lot of mistake that you see people staying in a relationship or constantly going back to their ex or being like, oh, you know, let's make it work because they're still, they're reminiscing and reminding themselves of when things were really good or how this person was at the start. But if that person wants this person shows you some sort of disrespect to me, lack of empathy, oh, my God, that's a big thing. Like, if your partner doesn't have empathy for you, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, once the empathy is gone and they literally do not give a shit about you, I don't think that person will ever care for so you. So what about their their relationship, as much as we can see on, on YouTube, what about their relationship makes you think that he lacks empathy for her? Everything. Just, first of all, when someone is speaking to you like that, and they're not hearing you out, and she's addressing so many issues, but he's dismissing her issues, mm. that's a lack of empathy. For me, the number one sign is if I go up to a partner and be like, I have these issues, let's talk, let's address. 
for you to sit down and actually address it. But once a partner's kind of like dismissing and blaming you and saying, I don't want to hear it, I don't give a shit, it's all your fault, no, but you've done this and this is what Paul does constantly, you've done this and you've done this, I don't want to hear it, is there empathy there? No, he's there's, even no, there's like, no He's not even open-minded for one second to actually sit down and have a listen and hear the words that are coming out of her mouth. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't care. No, and that's the thing with him, right? That's the thing with Paul. He always gets defensive. So I want to play the next clip now. So while they're discussing this, while they're on the topic of intimacy, Paul gets defensive and basically flips the script and implies that the reason that they're not, that their sex life isn't the same as it was before is because Choma is fat. Yeah, like, what's, what's the issue? You used to carry me before. So are you lazy now or what? Things were a bit different. In what way? I've gained weight. I, I didn't say that. Then what then? What's the problem? Well, would you know if you gained weight? All my clothes still fit, so I wouldn't think I've gained weight. Would you know? I guess, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gained weight. Have I gained weight? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm not, I'm not trying to say you gained weight, but since we're on the topic, let's have the discussion. So, random question. Just out of curiosity. In the last six months, have you weighed yourself? I'm just asking. What? Okay. Have you ever calculated your, ca- your calorie intake? Yes or what no? What are you trying yes to say? I don't calculate my calorie So, okay. If you didn't calculate it in the last six months, the last three months. Yeah, but I have my, my but I still eat the same. You still eat the same? Okay, cool. Do you calculate what you're eating? Paul, what exactly? No, no, no. You brought up. You brought up. Let's have the conversation. I didn't bring it up. We're in therapy and it's a safe place. Let's have the conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, if your partner asks you, what's the issue? Why aren't you carrying me any, anymore? Have I gained weight? You say, no, babe, you're still beautiful. You have not gained weight. What the fuck is up with him? I, I don't understand. This, this has nothing to do with her weight. The issue isn't with her. The issue is with you. She's saying, I still fit into the same clothes. I'm still eating the same. And then he makes it all about, you know, counting calories and the do you weigh yourself. Do you see how he flips the script? Yeah, 100%. Because what when I listened to that clip, all I saw was an insecure man. Literally, he's just an insecure man. And he he gets off by putting her down because it makes him feel better about himself. So when he he knows this, like the places that it hurts her, and he'll it, attack her there. And when he like you can, when I was playing the clip, and you see her like facial reaction, she's distraught. He's almost, you can see in his face almost enjoying it. He enjoys putting her down because it makes him feel better. That's that. That's what I see. Mm. And plus, she's already feeling unwanted and he's being completely insensitive to that, you know? Like after this comment that he made about her weight, like that's it. She's probably just feeling like the most undesired, unattractive woman. And that's not nice. It's not nice for either sexes to feel that way. No, it's not nice for anyone to feel that way, but... He understands what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's saying. Everything that comes out of his mouth is calculated. And he knows that this is going to hurt her. He knows what to say to not 
hurt her. He knows he could have been like, oh, I'm sorry, babe, or whatever. Or he could have just been like, no, you're not. You haven't gained weight. You know I love your body like this. I've always loved your body like this. But instead, he makes it seem like, which is, he makes it seem like the reason why he's not intimate with her is because she's gained weight. It's her fault. So see how he's blaming her again for something mm. he's doing? So it's it's just like you can't story. argue with people like this as well. Like imagine you're trying to have a discussion with someone and they're just taking the com- the conversation somewhere else completely entirely, you know? He starts talking about, well, would you know what if you gained weight? Are you counting your calories? Do you watch yeah. what you eat? Yeah. What the fuck does this have to do? with the fact that our sex life has changed. What yeah. the fuck does this have to do with that? Yeah. So and then all of a sudden then yeah. she's thrown off. Like she's thrown off track. She's like, okay, well, now we're talking about this now. Forget about what I'm feeling. Yeah. Another yeah. thing for me is like I'm like a really, that's another thing that triggered me, a man that argues with you. Legit. A man that argues with In you. In an like, unproductive I, way. Yes. I don't think there's a productive way to argue. I think you can have a conversation about issues but a man that's arguing with you, that's, that's like, he's not even a man. He's literally come down. He's a woman. I think women are emotional. Okay. We are emotional creatures. We have, you know, we have, we go through times of the month where our emotions are heightened. But if I want a partner or what I want in my future partner is if I'm acting irrational or if I'm kind of, you know, acting out or kind of being argumentative I want someone that's going to kind of diffuse the situation and kind of like calm me down I don't need a man that's going to argue with me and if I come and have an issue with my partner and say look I have an issue with you right now I'm upset about this and this and this I want a man to be like okay why is this upsetting you when did it start and literally have a conversation with me but instead of saying what do you mean like start arguing with me yeah, because they get defensive. They they never yeah. want to be in the wrong, and, and that's that's the issue. It's the lack of accountability. You know, he could have diffused this so quickly and so simply. He could just say, you know what, I've been very busy, and now I, I didn't think that 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 this was impacting you in this way. You know, I'm going to improve. I'm sorry that you're feeling like this. Simple. Like yeah. I don't understand why you need to argue back and make it about her all of a sudden. Yeah. She's saying that she's the one that's initiating. She's organising all these romantic nights so that it eventually leads to that because she's trying to establish some kind of intimacy in their life. Why doesn't he recognise her efforts and just say, okay, in the future I will match that? Simple as that. It's not just about the intimacy too. It's also like there was a, we haven't played this, we haven't played this scene, but there was a part where she, you know, she makes really amazing Nigerian food and he doesn't want to eat it anymore because you know he's on like a diet or he thinks the food is too oily and this is something that he initially loved about her was it like her cooking and now all of a sudden he doesn't love it so do you see how he's taking her confidence away from her yeah yeah he makes a whole thing about her cooking actually it's like almost half an episode just talking about how he doesn't like Nigerian food anymore and he doesn't want her to cook that and she said that she only cooks him Nigerian food on Sundays and she's like I'm not gonna let go of my culture I'm not gonna stop cooking if you don't want to eat it don't eat it that's your choice but this is something he initially loved about her and he even like admits it in like I think one of the later episodes that he loved it about her and like it was the cooking that got him and all the stuff but his diet has changed but why put your partner down if your diet has changed all I see is Paul is finding every single way to kill her self-esteem to put her down because it makes him feel better about himself because he has low self-esteem 
And by putting her down, he somehow gains some sort of confidence because she is a very, very confident girl, has her shit together, is beautiful, is stunning, and he's trying to kind of tear her down. Yeah, and he's doing it specifically now while they're in therapy because she's coming out saying, hey, look, we're about to get married and I'm not happy with where where this relationship is going and here are the things that I'm not happy with. And he's counteracting that with bringing up stupid shit like her cooking and the fact that she doesn't weigh herself. It's like, do you actually have real issues with her? No, this is the only thing that you can come up with because you have to take the attention away from you. You have to deflect instead of just taking accountability. If he actually had some real issues to discuss with her, you know, because right now me and you probably sound like we're we're siding with, you know, we sound biased. Yeah. It sounds like we're siding with trauma. But for everyone listening to this, please watch the episodes and tell us if we're wrong. Because yeah. this this woman has come in there with real intentions. Fair enough, the, the therapist is fake, but she wanted to discuss these issues with him. Yeah, He's got nothing to say. He's just yeah. defensive the whole time. That's it. And not for no good reason. I definitely agree. Let's talk about Deborah and Jamal now. This, so, is, this is the second couple. Yeah, so Deborah and Jamal, they're like a younger couple. I think Deborah's 23 and I think Jamal's 27. It's her first relationship. I think everyday issues that dating couples go through. The first clip that I want to play for you is where Deborah is frustrated about Jamal's lack of communication and she compares him to her friend's boyfriend. Earlier that day that I messaged you, I double texted you and said, sorry, did you not see my message? Did I not? Yeah, so that means you're monitoring my Instagram. No, that's not, what I'm trying to say is, you match my messages. It's very childish. Okay, cool, so why didn't you respond to me for two hours? I'm busy with clients. I'm not. No, no, because you said I have your time to table. I guess I do. You wasn't with a client at that time. Yes, I was. Okay. Like, it's ridiculous. So childish. Like, if Matson's mum was doing something, yeah, he would just admit it's not that serious. I'm going to do comparisons. Matson's boyfriend, we speak a lot, as you know. Wait, me and Matson speak a lot, isn't it? Like, she told me that when she addresses a situation, he's able to acknowledge it and he just moves on. Do you get what I mean? I couldn't care less about your boy, your friend's boyfriend, this, this, and that. Blah, 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 well, blah, blah. maybe you should chat to him a bit more. How about this? Yeah? Don't compare me. Like, I've had enough of your conversation with your, your friends, talking about our sex life, our family life, this, this, this. You need to stop now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that just spiralled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, like, I see where Deborah's coming from, right? Like she has an issue with him not responding back to her in a timely way. So she'll send him a message and he takes two hours, three hours to respond. And earlier on, she was complaining about how he spends all his time on Clubhouse. She doesn't see him much. And basically he was deflecting and not taking accountability for that. That's all fine. I think she's more angry about the fact that he's matching her energy. So she's at work and she responds to him. So he's apparently got his phone on him all the time. So she's at work and can't respond back. So she might take two hours and he matches her messaging and responds and takes another two hours to respond back to her while he's actually online. And she's just like, okay, so I think if you've been in a relationship for a year, you shouldn't be matching anyone's texting energy. I personally don't even like that that texting game. If I want to text you, I'll text you. I don't care about like, hey, you took an hour. If I want to take, I'll take five minutes. Or Mm. like if I'm busy, I'm busy. But if I'm not busy, I'm going to respond to you. I think that... Don't play games, basically. I think it's very childish on his part. I think it's... You're together for a year. Why are you matching someone's texting? Like, what the hell? That's crazy. No, that that is... And and that's why she called him childish. 
But yeah. where she's wrong is she's comparing him to Madsen's boyfriend. So Madsen is her best friend. That's very wrong to me. You should never compare your partner to someone else, especially not comparing him to your best friend's boyfriend. That's just wrong. I don't know what you think about that. No, you should never compare your partner to anyone because it literally puts them down. And I personally would hate for my partner to compare me to his best friend's missus or something. You know, that that would kill me. I would be distraught. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm not good enough for you. And I think, yeah, it's horrible. But hear me out. <laughs> okay. I think you're about to say some toxic shit. I'm ready for it. I am not going to say some toxic shit, but I want you to hear me out, right? Hypothetically speaking, right? If you have a partner that is always miserable, you know, there's people that are always sad and hate their life and the world's out to get them and whatever, and they're just not grateful. They're not grateful for what God's giving them. I feel like it's okay in those instances to show your partner that there's people worse off than them that are content and living their life happily. Even in the religion, it says, you know, look at people, you know, worse off than you, you know, you need to be grateful. So let me give you like a a scenario. If I had a partner and he's just like, oh, oh my God, like I hate my job. It's so crap. It pays really like crap. I hate it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'll be like, oh, look at your brother. Like he just lost his job. Or look at your friend. He just lost his job and he's really content and he's fine and he's getting by. You know, you should be thankful that you even have a job because there's people out there that don't even work. I think in those instances, it's okay to show your partner like there's people worse off than them and they should be grateful for what they have. I still think that's wrong. Okay. Because I feel like every person is unique with their own life experiences and their own beliefs. No two people are the same. So when you're comparing someone to their brother, when you're comparing your partner to their, if you're giving general advice saying, you know, look, there are people out there who are going through poverty, you know, who've lost their jobs during COVID, be grateful. That's different to saying, look at your brother. Because what that person will do is just automatically get defensive then all of a sudden it's not about the issue it's not about the advice that you're giving about gratefulness it becomes about I'm not my brother do you know what I mean yeah, but like the reason like I'd probably say is look at your brother or look at your friend or look at so and so that we know is because they can see like a real life example of someone close to them that's going through that but is acting in a completely different way I think I would only show my partner when there's people worse, if I had a partner that was ungrateful or like miserable or sad all the time or whatever, unappreciative about life, I would kind of show them like, look, there's people worse, there's people close to us that actually have it really, really tough. Like, you know, we should be grateful for what we have. In the first scenario where where you're saying that, you know, if your partner is coming to you and saying, you know, I feel bad about my job, blah, blah, blah. If your response to that is, okay, well, look at your brother, you should be grateful, your brother's grateful, this and that, your partner will feel like their feelings are not being acknowledged. You know, it kind of feels like you're the one thing. If I'm going going through a moment where I'm like really ungrateful and I'm like sitting down and I'm looking about someone, I would love for my partner to come and be like, hey, Hannah, like chill, dude, like don't be ungrateful. Like God has given you so many blessings. Look at that person or 
look at your friend that just lost this or doesn't have this and look at what like look at all the benefits or look at all the stuff that you have stop being ungrateful I would be grateful that I'd be like no 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 you wouldn't no no yes your your response to that would be I am not my friend no 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 no, no. I would be grateful for that I've had how many times do I'm like talking about something to my dad and my dad would be like Hannah chill like look at so-and-so there was it was just maybe was it yesterday or the day before I was talking to my dad about something and he's like, Hannah, chill, like, this is actually a blessing. Look at so-and-so. They don't have what you have. Like, you're actually being ungrateful. And I was like, okay, damn, like, dad, you're right. I am being ungrateful. Yeah, I don't know. But I would not be okay for my partner to be like, oh, my friend's missus, you know, she's doing this or she's doing this. See, that's wrong. And that's exactly what Deborah is doing with Jamal. Yeah. She's saying, well, my best friend and her partner are able to resolve their issues and he's able to take accountability. You're not like him. Yeah. You know? And he feels, he feels threatened and he feels attacked by that. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden, instead of focusing on the actual issue at hand, which is about their communication and him matching her messages and being childish, he gets into defense mode and he's saying, don't, don't compare me to anyone else. I'm not him. Don't compare. And I think that's very valid. I'm sorry. Yeah. Somebody, if somebody says no, no, to me, no, 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 in, in Deborah and Jamal's situation, I think it's completely valid that Jamal got like fumed. Like, even my initial reaction when I first watched it was like, oh, whoa, 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 no, no, girl, no. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Don't do that. But I'm saying there are times where I think I would do it to a partner and I would like a partner to kind of give me a reality check. Yeah. You just shouldn't draw specific comparisons with people that you both know. Yeah. I think that's that's a slippery slope. Another issue that they kind of have in their relationship is that the fact that Deborah is sort of high maintenance, right? She wants Jamal to buy her all these expensive gifts and Gucci bags. Let's let's listen to that clip. He could do a bit more um, as a man. Um, you know, my expectations of Jamal is to, yes, be the provider, but then you also have to look after me as my boyfriend. Do you get what I mean? And I feel like um, there's been a lack of that as of recent. You know, he seems to not want to buy me certain things I ask for. More expensive stuff. Yeah, and on top of that, like, I like going to restaurants, Pakistan, Sexy Fish, you know? And that's the sort of restaurants I like to go to. Jamel doesn't really, because he's saving for a house, I guess that's the excuse he's using these days. He doesn't want to do what he needs to do as a man, as my boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. I feel like personally, Jamal not buying Deborah expensive gifts doesn't make him a bad boyfriend. Like, I feel like if, if, if Deborah's love language is receiving gifts, right, but her partner is telling her, hey, I'm trying to save right now for a house, you know, so that, so that we're, we're able to live comfortably as we get older, she needs to give him a break. She needs to allow him to do that. True? I mean, like, it's, it's fine to, to want gifts from your partner and to want to feel spoiled from time to time, but he's made it very clear. Hey, I'm older than you. I've got responsibilities. I need to start thinking about our future. I can't afford to buy you Gucci bags every time you want one. Like I feel I like think, she's probably understanding that. I think Deborah's a young girl. 
I think she's dumb. I don't think she's. How old is she? How old is she? She's 23. She's so young. Her first. 23 is full grown, man. That's not even young. She's young. She has different priorities at the moment, which is fine. It's her first relationship. She's inexperienced. And I think that this is just going to be a lesson for her. I think this relationship is going to be like a big lesson for her. I think she's going to grow up from it because look, Everyone has their taste. That's fine. If that's what you like and, you know, you know, you want the Gucci bag and, you know, you want the Prada bucket hat and whatever it is and that's your main concern right now in a relationship or you think that's or going to like five-star restaurants, you think that's what intimacy and love is for you, then go find a man that has that type of money. But I think for her to demand it from Jamal, I think that's wrong. I just think she needs to grow up. I think her priorities are definitely wrong. <laughs> I I agree because she's so focused on what she can get from him and what he can do from her. You yeah. know, like there's a part that she says, when I was younger, my dad used to spoil me. My dad used to buy me uh, everything that I asked for. I felt like a princess, you know, and I expect for my man to do the same thing. It's like. What about connection? Yeah. What about love? What about all the other things that you like in your relationship yeah. and like about him? But I think she sounds like a gold digger to me. I don't know. I think she wants to be like to her friends, like, oh my God, like he got me a Gucci bag and like, you know, I went to this five-star restaurant. I think it's all about appearances for her at the moment. I think that's what she's more focused on. I don't know if she wants a connection. I don't know if she wants love. I don't know if she's with him for... I don't know why she's with him. Like, I can't sit there and judge just what I can see from the outside, but I think she definitely has a lot of growing up to do and what her priorities are in a relationship is definitely yeah. something you're going to like. If she, mm, but if she's seen gifts, right, let's talk about the love language thing for a minute because receiving or giving gifts is a lot of people's love language. Mm-hmm. But for those people, like, People who I've spoken with that say, you know, I love receiving gifts, like I, that, that is my love language. Usually receiving gifts for them is an expression of affection, of their partner's affection. But when you start to put value on those gifts, she's saying she wants nothing less than Gucci. She mm. will not go to a standard restaurant, even though he's, he's paying the bill. She doesn't care. She wants to go to like yeah. top class, five star, fine dining every fucking weekend. Yeah, but then that's my thing. That's why I think he's a gold digger. Yeah, but then my thing is like, do you want the quality time? Do you love this person? Like, what is it that the Gucci or that named or that expensive food or that expensive brand, what is that doing for you? It makes her feel like a princess. Yeah, and then I feel (laughs) like um, she's neglecting. Okay, don't get me wrong. Jamal's a dirty little shit, okay? (laughs) Jamal's a dirty little shit. Why, why is he a dirty little shit? Let's, let's explain it to the audience. <laughs> he's a dirty little shit because he just, he's unfaithful. Like you can just tell he's unfaithful. He's on, what is it, Clubhouse all the time, Instagram all the time. Um, I think there's even a time where he said that he was attracted to her sister before her and he just looks like an unfaithful partner. Yeah, there's certain things that, that he reveals. Like he said, you know, there was someone that he met off Clubhouse, another woman who was like messaging him at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah, and she had she had an issue with that. But don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that him being unfaithful is Deborah's fault, but she's like the intimacy and stuff. She doesn't care about, it seems like she doesn't care about him and she mm. only cares about money. 
So she him, only cares about what she can get from him. Exactly. And to him, he might have like, obviously he's realized that and it's kind of like, well, why am I in this relationship? What am I, you know, what's going on? Buddy, when you reach that point, you need to just tell the person and move on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. Like cheating is never an option. Like I'm, I'm actually so excited to watch the last episode because yeah. I do think that there's going to be some kind of revelation about the fact that he has cheated. And hopefully that'll be the end of that relationship because both those relationships need to fucking end. Would you agree? I do. I don't think Choma and Paul is going to end that easily. Maybe Deborah and Jamal after she finds out about him cheating. But I think Deborah's going to get a bit of a wake up call because I think she's her head's in the clouds. She's in La La Land. She's kind of like, I'm the shit, you know, he'll like, I don't think, although she knows he's unfaithful and she rocked up to his house on a GPS tracking like his friend's house and stuff. And she's kind of like following him around and keeping an eye on things. I don't think that she thinks that he'll ever leave her. Like she's got this ideology, but I think this relationship is going to be like a real learning lesson for her. Let me ask you a question. There was another part of that episode, or I'm not sure if it's another episode, where she says that he doesn't let me have access to his phone. Would you, I've got a question for you now, like do you think it's okay to be going through your partner's phone? Yes. Okay, please explain. (laughs) Because I feel like, okay, personally I feel like if you don't trust your partner, there's no fucking relationship. Okay. I don't need to be going through my phone. At the same time, he shouldn't be hiding his phone. She said that he goes through, through all these like, you know, he, he does all this shit. He goes above and beyond to make sure she doesn't have access to his phone, which no, makes it seem like he's you, got something that he's hiding. find out why he's hiding. He, he won't unlock his phone and let her go through it because he's cheating on her. I'm not saying I'm going to sit there and, like, be like, all right, babe, it's that time of the day. Give me your phone. Let me go through it. No, it's not like that. But I'm saying, like, I'll give you my phone. I'm not, I have nothing to hide. And you can give me your phone. Like, for example, if I pick up your phone and be like, oh, I want to check this out, something out on your page, or if he's showing me something and then he hands his phone to me. But there's partners that won't even hand their phone over to their partner or let them unlock it or whatever. I think, I think that's wrong. Do you think you should have the passcode to your partner's phone and also the passwords to his social media accounts? Yes, that's how, how, that's how I've always done things. Like, So I'll give my partner... <laughs> No, I've always given my partner my social media passwords and the code to my phone and he's given me the code to his phone and his social media passwords because there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to hide, but also you don't need to know every little thing that I get up to. You need to just trust me. I'm not giving my partner my passwords. Just because I have your passwords doesn't mean I'm on checking out your Facebook 24-7 or I'm in your DMs checking who's messaging you or I'm on your page. No, you just have it because you have it. Like, why do you need it then if you're not checking it? So maybe like, okay, so what happens? I didn't have Facebook for a long time. So I'd be logged into my partner's face. I had nothing to hide. Oh, okay. Well, that's a different scenario then. That just happens coincidentally. It wasn't like there was an exchange, you know? You guys sat down over dinner one day and you were like, I need your passwords. And he's like, okay, I need your passwords too. Yeah. I didn't have some social media things before and some social media. So I'd be logged in and I'd use it for work. Like I'd use his Facebook for work and he's always had access to my Instagram or whatever, Snapchat or anything. Like I just didn't, I don't think it's a big deal. When you're honest, I don't think there's a big deal. It's not like Mm. he was on my phone 
reading my messages to my friends and I was on his phone reading his messages to his friends and family. No, that's wrong. But I, I don't know. Now I'm feeling like I might change my mind because I've actually found out that someone that I was dating was cheating on me through his WhatsApp messages. He left it open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just put this out there. So we didn't like, we didn't have each other's passcode to, so we didn't have access to each other's um, passcodes or passwords, but he went to the toilet and he left his WhatsApp open. And then all of a sudden there were all these messages flooding in from his ex-girlfriend who I ended up finding out was not actually his ex and was his current girlfriend. Oh, my God. But, like, if I didn't have access to that little bit of information, he could have strung me along for another year, you know? So I don't know. Like, I I would feel personally uncomfortable for my partner to have my password on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people just really need to work on trusting each other a bit better. Yeah, but trust is really hard lately. Until there's a reason not to trust that person. Then maybe maybe then you should start looking at their phone. No, but social media as well is a dangerous place. People don't care if you're married. People don't care if you have a partner. You have people, you know, seeking you out, even if you, you know, have a husband or, you know, have a boyfriend or whatever it is. And, like, to me, if that makes my partner feel comfortable, that's great. And if that that will make me feel comfortable, and that's great. Like, I think that type of security is important. Mm. I I think it needs to be a conversation and it needs to be a two-way street. You know, if that's something that will make you both feel comfortable, then that's fine. I guess it just gets a bit awkward when it's being initiated by one person because then the other person just feels yeah, like no, being attacked It has to be like a two-way thing 100%. It can't, and I don't think it's just like I don't think you sit down and you have a conversation over dinner about it and be like, okay, so let's send each other the passwords. It doesn't work like that. I think it just happens over time. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, hey, can you call that person for me? Or can you text that person? Or that someone texted you, or can you text it? Like, I don't care. My literally, my cousins, everyone has like my phone pin. It's like, every, it's, my phone is like, hey, I don't know your pin. Oh, come on. It's like the easiest pin. Really? Really? I don't, I think we, we need to talk about this. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll send it to you. Like, no, I just, you can go through my Instagram. Like, I wouldn't even care. Okay, for example, like when you just give me your phone and then you're like when I'm putting on a show or something and I'll like maybe scroll through your Instagram or you're okay you with scroll me. scroll through yeah. my Instagram? What? I tell you that. I'm telling you. How many times did I tell you? I'm going to go through Instagram. My Inst- I finished um, watching stories in mine. I'm like, I'm going to watch your stories on yours. What the hell? Am I acting brand new? <laughs> Sorry, I just thought you were going through my DMs. Not that no, I have no. My Instagram is so dry. <laughs> no no but I think like just like you're comfortable with me handling your phone you should be comfortable with like your partner handling your phone yeah you have a good point there yeah well we well, should I can't wait for the next episode I know we're gonna watch it tomorrow Jay hasn't watched it yet which is really good oh yeah by the way I spoke to Jay and she wants to get wings as well so yeah we're getting chi- like we're getting wings we had tomorrow. wings last night yeah she said it was too spicy and she didn't like it there's no such thing as too spicy. Oh, I need to get new friends. Yeah, she didn't like it. So she's just like, Nasra can have her own zucchini pasta and me and you're going to get the wings. And I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Go away. Just make the potato for me. Make sure you buy potatoes and do that salad. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. And make sure you guys check out Blue Therapy on YouTube if you have the time. <laughs> and let us know what you think. Yeah, give us some feedbacks, our DMs and our 
emails are open. Make sure you check out our Instagram, which is Self Care Sundays Pod. Sundays with a Z, and we're out. I think this is like the longest episode we've done, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. We had a lot to say. <laughs> See you guys. See you, everyone.